Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts. And it's time for you, as Americans, to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to Black and White. And uh, we have a, a guest that we've had on the show before. She's always very intellectually stimulating and she's got great ideas and uh, I enjoy having her on. So Carol Lieberman, thank you for joining us today. So let's start off about, um, have you seen any changes in Joe Biden in the last year? That's a softball question. Um, I have been following Joe Biden and his encroaching dementia since he was running for president. Uh, and I tried every which way, every medium to um, tell people, warn people about that, his encroaching dementia. And it has been encroaching more and more since, you know, now that he's gotten to be, well, supposedly gotten to be president, um, he, it's just getting worse and worse. I mean, that's what dementia does. So as people, as people um, continue living, their dementia generally gets worse, except if, um, if, they are being treated, treated treat, there's, there are no treatments that cure dementia, of course, depending upon what kind of dementia it is, but there are medications and treatments that can slow the progression. Obviously, Joe Biden has not been doing any of that, and um, he has just been getting worse. We can look, for example, at his oh, embarrassing, cringeworthy State of the Union address, as the best, you know, most recent example, although actually after that, he apparently made a speech the next day, and that was at least as bad. You know, for, for, to talk about the speech, uh, first of all, he was walking down the aisle, and I was holding my breath, thinking that he was going to fall over any minute. He was teetering, and um, then when he got to the stage, he didn't really, he was uh, disoriented, which is another symptom of, of dementia, and he had to be pointed to the podium. And then he got on the podium and then he started riffing um, instead of reading the uh, teleprompter right away. Um, and he started talking about um, the, uh, the Super Bowl and about uh, Chuck Schumer. And he was making all kinds of mistakes with that. I have a feeling someone might have <laughs> either whispered in his ear in, in the, uh, you know, in his, the thing that he wears in his ear. Um, which I know is controversial, but I think I think that they're just like what he was wearing um, during the debates. I think he might well have that. It's because it seemed like someone was saying to him, stick to the script, Joe, read the teleprompter. And then he started doing that. But it was like um, the Wizard of Oz, you know, where Americans all came to the, well, they didn't all, it was a very low turnout actually, but um, those Americans who came to watch uh, we're hoping for some good news, of course, to hope, hoping that the State of the Union was somehow he would have something to say that would be a reason for optimism. But instead, it was like going to Oz and we got to see the wizard and he was this little bald man, man behind the curtain, pu pulling the curtain, you know, totally lost with all the machines and totally confused. And that's what we got. So it, there was uh, people who had a different point of view of his speech than you did. There were people who thought that he was proved that he didn't have dementia. He was articulate, had personality. He, he didn't seem to be angry or depressed, even when the Republicans booed at him. Um, 
Well, I don't think he, you know, whenever people were making noise in the audience, whether it was booze or whatever, saying things or whatever, he looked totally confused. I don't think he could hear or, or figure out what actually they were saying and what the meaning of it was. I mean, people who are going to say that he was not, that, that he, they didn't see any signs of dementia, um, you know, don't want to. Now, I guess we should maybe pause for a minute where I explain where I'm coming from, um, you know, who's this woman who's saying that he has dementia? Um, but it's, I, I'm a psychiatrist and I'm a forensic psychiatrist. And um, so for years, I have been doing all kinds of cases, but including cases where somebody's competency is at stake. Like, for example, when people sign wills and children are um, some people who are left out of the wills or, or uh, file a lawsuit to say that the person who, when he signed the bill, he wasn't competent or he had undue influence or all those kinds of things. And right. so, I mean, first of all, psychiatrists learn about um, dementia, you know, and how to tell the symptoms and all of that. But certainly also as a forensic psychiatrist, when I had to make, to testify in court about somebody's competence, I had to be very sure one way or the other. And so I know I have not met I have not met uh, the president Joe Biden. Uh, I have invited him um, to take a cognitive test with me. Uh, I wrote an op-ed and that was published. And uh, so far, my telephone has not rung. This was like quite a while ago. Um, and there are certain symptoms that are obvious to me. And by now, I think they you don't have to be a psychiatrist for them to be obvious. Here's another example. Um, he forgot the name of the ambassador from Ukraine. Um, he, you know, his, he actually, he looked like his eyes were dilated, his pupils were dilated. And, um, and yet, you know, he wasn't making very much, he was kind of stiff like a robot. Now his dilated pupils, people were saying this um, during the debates, you know, years ago, um, that maybe he was on something. And I think, you know, dilated pupils is what happens when you're taking amphetamine like Adderall or some other kind of amphetamine. I think to the extent that he, you know, I think he would have looked even worse if he hadn't been taking something. So I, um, you know, and then then when he, um, I mean, there were, there were the things that he, well, you know, of course it's easier when you're reading from a teleprompter and he was squinting to, to see that, which, okay, you know, give him a break. He was squinting, but, but he had a very, um, he did have an angry attitude. I thought, um, you know, he, he changed, he had different kinds of moods, but, um, it was, it was very, um, you know, first of all, the thing is so much of what he said were not, were lies, you know, were a, a slanted way of looking at things. Um, another example of this, although this might well have been in his, uh, in the tel on the teleprompter, but he talked about oil and gas, that we were going to need it maybe for another 10 years. <laughs> like, like, really? That's all? There, there were, <clears throat> excuse me, he was mumbling and stumbling and leaving out words. People who were watching uh, it with a, um, um, the, the word, the, uh, the, what do you call that? The, um, on the bottom of the closed caption, on the bottom of the screen, the closed caption couldn't make sense a lot of times of what he was saying. So uh, that's how much, you know, he was bumbling. 
Um, what else? I, 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 you know, I took notes. I watched the whole thing. Somebody, one of the uh, anchors on Fox after the speech said that he looked like a crotchety old guy saying, um, get off, talking to kids and telling them to get off my lawn. And I think that was a great description. Um, you know, yes. And okay, let's talk about the balloon. He talked, his statement was something like, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna uh, take care of China. If China is our sovereignty, we will act like we did. Now, like we did after eight days, he let the balloon fly across America over military bases, over nuclear um, places, you know, secret, sensitive places, and waited till it went all across America, and then he had uh, someone shoot it down. So that's China acting, and now apparently there are even more balloons, uh, not over America yet, <laughs> um, but there are going to be more balloons. You know, that was, I mean, that is the, the biggest fear. I mean, America is in bad shape. The inflation, the, you know, prices of things and all kinds of things, there are reasons. I mean, the state of the union is pretty bad. Um, but the worst part of it is our enemies, you know, having Biden as our president, when we have real enemies who have now come to the fore after Afghanistan, when he made such a mess of, of Afghanistan, surrendering, that gave the green light to our enemies, showing them how how weak he is, and um, then they start. Then Russia in, uh, invaded Ukraine, and now China has been acting up, and Iran, all our enemies, and North Korea, all our enemies are thinking, "Wow, now is the time to get America." You know, when the, when he was doing the speech, I was thinking to myself, I was cringing, and I was thinking, "I hope our enemies aren't watching this," but of course, I knew that they were. Um, I mean, when when enemies watch this, uh, I mean, it it, look, it is like a, an old man. And I'm not saying anything about the age. There are plenty of 80 year olds who are sharp as tacks, but not Biden. Um, so it's not about the number, but it's about it's it's about what he's done so far. You know how he hasn't been able to protect us. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm so I feel so passionate about this. I'm sorry for just kind of going on and on, but. Um, but it's a very serious matter and he should have been taken out by the 25th amendment or, I mean, the only, actually the, the only positive thing in the state of the union is that our country is now our country. Um, the Republicans in the house in particular are examining, are finally, finally, you know, going to do an investigation into um, Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, it's only been around for what? Almost a year or something. It feels like a year. Um, and so we, they are going to find all kinds of things where basically Biden is bought by China um, and, and probably Ukraine and possibly Russia. Um, so he is, is unable to, particularly China, where he is unable to do too much because, I mean, they know where the bones are buried. Well, we're just about out of time for this segment. We've been talking with Carol Lieberman, psychiatrist and a forensic psychiatrist. She's been with us before, and she helps bring insight uh, from a different perspective. Um, where can people follow you, by the way? Um, well, they can go to uh, expertwitnessforensicpsychiatrist.com, for example, or my Twitter, where I'm always ranting about something, which is Dr. Carol MD, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E-M-D or just Google me. 
Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066 or go to the website cambridgeyescredit.org forward slash bw hyphen podcast and get your house in order. We're talking to Dr. Carol Lieberman, who's been on the show before several times. She is a psychiatrist and she's a forensic psychiatrist. She uh, looks into things in a different way than, than a lot of us do. Uh, I, and we were talking about Joe Biden and his uh, medical health and condition. Um, I, I, I took away from the president's speech uh, what I think is an encouraging moment, not for him. When he tried to talk about raising the debt ceiling, and he said, quote, that Republicans want to sunset Medicare and and Social Security, the crowd erupted. Right. And he backed away. He said, well, some of you, not all of you. And they continued to boo him, and he backed away a second time, and it's one person. So the reaction from the audience caused a significant change in his position in a very short period of time. Well, I know what you're talking about. Um, and he told people, you know, if you don't believe me, come see the proposal in my office. Remember that? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, this is, that doesn't mean that he's not going to give, uh, that there's not going to be problems that he's just going to uh that he's going to stop saying that or stop um acting in a way you know making that a republican problem or something it's just that here he was on the stage anybody you know on a stage with all these people uh booing it kind of throws you off and you can't make any big you know what, what was he going to say at that point he if it's not on the teleprompter he couldn't make any big speech about it but I don't think it, I think he just was like um, taken aback that there was that much of a reaction. But I don't think that means that that's going to make him be any more, um, what, malleable to Republicans. But do you think um, in preparing the speech, the speech writers um, had potentially had to prepare him for the possibility of a significant pushback from the Republicans? to that statement. So the fact that he backed away so quickly, either he was rehearsed and he forgot, <laughs> or <laughs> that that he, he just didn't know what to do. Well, yeah, I, you know, first of all, that's, I think they need to fire that speechwriter. Um, putting Biden aside and just looking at it and putting politics aside, just looking at it as a piece of writing, 
um, that was a terrible speech because it was all so mixed up. You know, there was no flow to it. There was no, nothing that followed the next thing or the next thing. I mean, it was all jumbled up. Um, <laughs> besides Biden being jumbled, the speech itself didn't have any continuity and didn't really make logical sense. It was all different things thrown in at different places. I mean, the only thing, like he kept saying, um, one thing that the speechwriter put in, let's finish the job, let's finish the job. And that was clearly a campaign speech. That was a, you know, people were wondering if he was gonna make a campaign speech. Um, I mean, I think that that was a key uh, little clue, you know, what he was saying, well, was, vote me for me again, let me be president again and I'll finish the job. Um, this country can't stand another four years or six years of Joe Biden, really, it would be there wouldn't be an America. Um, it's, it's between all his inviting all the woke stuff. Um, I mean, it just every all the the our rights, the Constitution, everything is being demolished by the people who he is allowing in to to have some say in these things. Uh, I mean, especially of course, it's coming from Obama. He's just the puppet. But um, but you know, we we. we <laughs> Between that and the danger from our enemies, America really, I really don't believe that America could withstand another six years of Joe Biden. And actually, I don't think, I'm not that worried about it because, um, I mean, I'm not that worried about him being president again, um, being reelected, because by the time, I mean, he's just getting worse and worse. And so by the time I don't know, when do you run? When, well, he, I guess he would start in a year or so. I mean, there are Democrats already who are who are realizing that this is dangerous to vote him in. So I, I don't think that he's gonna be running, maybe he'll run in the primaries, but I don't think he'll be the candidate. I mean, I, I can't, I think by then um, physically and, and mentally that he's just not gonna be able to keep faking it. I, I wonder, I've written several pieces of commentary on um, what could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I look at what's going on in, in the House, in the hearings, and the tenacity at which a couple of the chairmen are really going after what's going on. Yeah. We have a situation where it appears that Mr. Hunter Biden's laptop may have incriminating, deeply incriminating evidence upon uh, Joe Biden and his involvement with his brother, Jim, and his son, Hunter. And I, I look back at 1973 with um, John Dean saying to Nixon that there was a cancer on the presidency. And, uh, and ultimately, the president resigned because the Republican leadership from the House and the Senate came to the White House to say to the president, um, the country can't take an impeachment of their president and the best thing that you can do for the country so that we can move forward is, is to resign. I, I, th I think that, and I just have a commentary that just came out yesterday. Uh, I believe there's another, potentially another John Dean sitting around somewhere who will go to one of these committees and drop a bombshell that will in, that will indict the president of the United States of corruption uh -huh. and self-dealing and money laundering 
as president of the United States. I think that the Democratic leadership will have to go to the White House, much like the Republicans did, and, and tell the president he's going to have to resign, which means we're going to have, for some period of time, Camilla as the president of the United States. Of course, that's an awful thought. <laughs> she kept popping up, clapping during the speech, by the way. But at the beginning, she was looking rather worried when he was making all those flubs. But um, yes, I mean, of course, that's um, not a, nobody wants that. Um, nobody wants Kamala to, to, I mean, that's, of course, that's worse in a way. Um, I mean, I guess we just have to hope maybe that that Obama and others prop him up till the end of his term. I mean, I think that that probably would be better than Kamala coming in and people looking to her to to make the final decision. I mean, that would be a disaster. So hopefully he can he can lay um, last till the end of his term. I mean, yes, I've been you know calling for the Twenty Fifth Amendment and all that. But that, you know, now that we're getting, we're halfway through, um, I don't know, you know, of course, and, and Jill Biden, there she is kissing, <laughs> kissing the second man, right, in an inappropriate kind of way. I thought I was the only one who thought that. But then, of course, all the media afterwards were talking about that. Um, Why is that uh, an issue? Why is that an issue? In why, today's why society, sure. Why did, did the media? Why judge? is why why is it an issue to some in the media that the the vice pre, uh, the the wife of the president was to kiss the first gentleman and kiss him on the lip? It's the way that she kissed him, not kissing him. I mean, a kiss on the cheek would have been fine, but it seemed like more romantic than a kiss on the cheek. It was it was very it was an awkward moment. Um, I think everybody obviously felt that that was like an awkward moment. It was like too long, <laughs> you know, it lasted too long. I think that was the problem. Plus it was on the lips or near the lips or whatever. It was just, um, but anyhow, so, so yeah, I mean, we are, we are, um, it's, oh, I was starting to say about, about, uh, Jill, that it really made me so mad that, um, she was, you know, preening and so on. It was so weird. She was wearing, I know I look at these things. I'm a psychiatrist. I look at all everything and try to analyze it. She was wearing this uh, shocking pink or purple kind of dress. Everybody else was in a more, you know, um, subdued kind of um, classical kind of um, dress, classic dress. Um, she just kind of stood out, which of course was the point. But it makes me so mad to... Um, see that she just, you know, smiling and all that, when really what she should be doing, how she can do this, and instead of taking her husband to a neurologist to, for evaluations, in fact, they keep putting off his, his physical, um, how she can, can keep, you know, can, can postpone taking him to a, to a neurologist to really investigate the cause of his dementia, there are different reasons. I think the main, the most likely thing is uh, vascular because he already has had um, an aneurysm in his, two aneurysms in his brain with bleeds, uh, a bleed, um, and he's on medication for his arrhythmia and so on. So I think that the probable cause is that he's having many strokes, you know, t transient ischemic attacks, but, but all that needs to be evaluated. 
um, with different neurological tests and then treated to the extent that it can be. And but she loves being first lady yes. more. She wants to take care of her husband. Right. I have uh, in the little bit of time we have left. I have a, a different kind of a different subject matter that I want to raise from you sure. um, in your wheelhouse. I'm sure. Um, we haven't talked since the uh, before the midterm, and that's because I live here in Southern Florida, and, and my house was destroyed by EM. But that's not a, not a, not relative. What I what I wanted to ask you about from a psychological standpoint, the messaging of the of of the Republican Party was the border's out of control. Millions of people are coming into the country illegally. Fentanyl is killing our children. The inflation is here, interest rates are high. And yet when it came time to go to the polls to vote, they actually, Democrats picked up a seat in the Senate. They lost control of the House marginally. What, uh, psychologically, how, how is that possible with all the negatives that were out there and being talked about? Why didn't it influence the vote more? Yes, that's a good question. Um, I think because people are getting their news in sound bites and from the mainstream media that puts its own spin on things. I mean, look, they voted for Fetterman, um, who had a, a, what did he have? He had a, um, he had a stroke. stroke. And, uh, and now he was just uh, brought to the hospital. He, he was feeling right. uh, woozy. So, and yet they voted for him. Now, granted... <laughs> Dr. Oz, I mean, he he kind of um, has some people either loving him or hating him. That that is it wasn't really a good test, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's that you know somebody who had a stroke and who who clearly even during the debates was having all kinds of problems. Um, I think it's a problem because it's hard to put some of these issues into sound bites. They are getting the information from the mainstream media for the most part, especially as, um, as stations or or um, airwaves, um, or, you know, the, the people who control these things, uh, take off OAN, One American Network, um, take off uh, Newsmax. I mean, you know, they leave Fox and that's it. I mean, hopefully First is going to come on, but still, there, there's much, much, people are getting, there are many more places for people to get news from that have a different slant, that, that don't complain that much about the people crossing the borders, which, of course, you know, that is a huge, we are, we haven't quite, well, in some places we have, but I mean that we, that Americans don't realize exactly what the toll of that is going to be. Um, wait till they try to go to an emergency room and it's full because, you know, filled with all these um, people, illegal aliens and so on. Um, yes, I think we need to do a better job of communicating the, the real facts I think part of the problem also is that Americans don't have patience to understand anything that can't be explained. And I know that people are going to, I know that sounds really um, obnoxious or elitist or something, but um, but our, our attention spans have gone down. And if it's not easily explained that, and many, many times, then I think people don't um, realize just how how serious this all is. Plus, another big problem is that a lot of people, you know, just go by what their parents and grandparents voted for. Uh, if they voted uh, Democrat, 
then they think they should vote Democrat. But the Democratic right. Party is not the same as it used to be when their parents and grandparents were voting Democrat. And that's Absolutely. something that, that they need to understand. Well, unfortunately, Carol, we're, uh, we're out of time. It went very quickly. Um, thank you for joining us today. Again, tell our audience where they can follow you. Sure, there are a whole bunch of places. Um, another place is terroristtherapist.com and uh, drcarol.com, Carol with an E at the end. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. We'll be right back. If you're enjoying this show, I invite you to go to blacksandwhites.us to look at the show menu of other people who are joining our network to express their opinions in a free and open way. Come join us.